Yesterday, I was talking to my parents on the phone. Um, I called because I, I, since Linda's been in the hospital, and by the way, she left the hospital yesterday and is in acute care rehab hospital getting physical therapy and working towards uh, recovery. Um, but I, I haven't talked to my parents quite as much over the last uh, three weeks since Linda went in the hospital on Easter. Um, Hannah has been running, my daughter, has been running interference. She's the one who calls all the other players. I call her, I call Josh, and uh, let them know what's going on in the hospital, which was an ever-changing adventure. And I missed hearing my parents' voice. So yesterday morning, I had a little bit of time before I went to uh, make sure Linda made the transfer from the hospital to the acute care rehab center. Um, I had some time, so I wanted to just hear their voices and to talk to them and, and, and catch up with them a little bit, find out what's going on. And there was a poignant moment in our conversation. Mom and dad have both been fully vaccinated and it was, it end, you know, it was, uh, it's, it's been 20, I don't know, three, four days for mom and 23 days for dad having received his second vaccination. So they're fully vaccinated. And yet mom expressed something what, that I consider very poignant in our conversation at that point to say, I don't know what's next. You know, I don't know what's next. I am fully vaccinated, it's fully effective, but what does that mean that life will look like? Um, now she didn't, maybe she didn't say it exactly that way and she'll tell me later on if I completely misquoted her. That's what I heard, all right? All right, mom, you can't stop me from hearing what I hear. That's what I heard. And for me, it was a, it was a good question. And it's really the question that I wanna talk about today, despite the title of today's message, Fish and Chips. You'll see why there's fish and chips in today's message. But you know what, what has to happen to make that next step in the aftermath? And I think the disciples are asking that very question in chapter 21 of uh, the Gospel of John. Um, now, many scholars think that this is kind of an afterthought uh, uh, chapter, that it might not have been uh, written at exactly the same time, although it's the same style. And the reason that they feel that way is the end of chapter 20 ends with, there's a lot more we could have written down, but we didn't because we told you enough so you could believe. And that sounds like an ending, except that then chapter 21 happens. So you're like, well, uh, maybe that wasn't the ending. Uh, whatever it was, I'm gonna read to you little bits and then I wanna talk about those bits as those bits apply to what I'm thinking is a post-pandemic world and for the disciples, a post-resurrection world. So beginning in chapter 21, I'm just gonna start at the beginning because it sets the scene. After these things, now this is Jesus has shown himself to them and all of that kind of stuff in the Gospel of John. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. You would probably also know it as the Sea of Galilee. He was called a number of different uh, things um, in any case. Uh, 
showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got in the boat, but that night they caught nothing. All right. Jesus has shown himself. We're in a post-resurrection world. There's supposed to be new life. And what are the disciples doing? Are they rushing out to tell everyone? No, they're going back to what they know. And what do they know? Fishing. They know fishing. They're going back thinking that they can be exactly who they were following the patterns that they had before they ever even met Jesus. That they could go back to the place where everything was as it was prior to their calling. That is, they expected things to go back to normal. You know, we've, we've had a resurrection. All right, let's go fishing. <laughs> let's get back to what we know. Now, the chances are pretty good for Simon, also known as Peter, but his given name was Simon. Uh, it's very possible, you know, it's probable, in fact, that Simon was a ra raised as a fisherman. So since he was a small child, he would have learned probably from his dad, maybe his uncle's, and from other male members of his household, how to go out, get on a boat, where to fish, where the good spots were, how to mend your nets, how to uh, mend your boat, where you could catch fish, what to do if you caught no fish, where to go if you caught too many fish, whether it was good to fish in the middle of the day, the beginning of the day, the end of the day, you get it. Peter knew fishing. He didn't know resurrection, but he knew fishing. He knew fishing, and he went back to that pattern. Now, I want to tell you, most of us would like to just go back to the way things were. I got a shot. I've had my shot. Now, I happen to have the one-shot deal, Johnson & Johnson, and 24 days later, I'm still standing. I don't have one of the extremely rare blood clotting uh, that have effect, affected, as far as we know, 12 people. 12 people out of... Uh, 10 million, uh, which is a very infinitesimally small number of people. In any case, I'm ready to go back. In many ways, I just want to stop wearing a mask. I want to just walk around. I want to go to a restaurant or a bar or the dance floor. Uh, by the way, uh, I don't do a lot of, I don't go to a lot of bars and I don't go to a lot of dance floors, mostly because I can't dance and I don't really drink. So I don't really have a lot of places to be in those. Okay, but I want to go back to whatever I want to go back to. And I want it to be kind of normal. And I think that's exactly what the disciples, you know, you have patterns that kind of comfort you. You may not know this, but if you, and it comes kind of naturally if you've ever been a parent, you hold a child, whether you're a male or a female person, and you're holding a child and you start to rock back and forth. You don't know why you start to rock back and forth. The reason is that gentle rocking brings comfort to some level of your reptile mind at the very core. It brings a kind of comfort. It's a way of comforting yourself. 
So since I've learned that, at times when things are out of control, and for me that's been like the last three weeks, but when they were out of control, there would be times when I was standing in Linda's hospital room when she would be asleep or, you know, not conscious, essentially the same thing, when I would put my arms like this, hold myself and rock, because it was the only comfort in that moment I could find. It brought me into the moment, became aware of my breathing, and it brought me comfort. We find patterns that give us comfort. And not knowing what to do next, Peter and the other disciples who are hanging out with them, they go fishing, because that's a pattern they know. That's what they were raised to do. That's what they understand to do. And I was raised to do certain things, and I understand to do certain things, and so much of me wants to go back to certain patterns. Some of them aren't even healthy patterns. Um, uh, but let's go on in the story. Just after daybreak, so they've been fishing all night long, bleary-eyed, fishing all night long. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach. Oh, this sounds good. Jesus is going to show up. But the disciples did not know it was Jesus. This is a constant reality. They don't recognize uh, Jesus. Oftentimes we don't either. Jesus said to them, children, have you, no you have no fish, have you? And they answered him, no. <laughs> he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. Sound like a story you've heard before? Earlier in the Gospels, maybe, when uh, Jesus suggests it to Peter and he does it and it's too much? Exactly. The disciple whom Jesus loved, and we never learn quite who that is in the Gospel. It never, we always assume it must be John talking about himself, but it's some disciple whom Jesus loved uh, turned to Peter and said, it is the Lord. Now, when Peter heard this, he put on some clothes because he was naked and jumped into the sea. Uh, sometimes I wonder, that, what, TMI, I just think too much information. Do, do I really need to know that Peter was, he put on some clothes in any case, it doesn't matter. But the other disciples came in in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far off the land, only about 100 yards off. When they came ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish already on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. Apparently they, caught, they counted them. They count, there was a lot. 153 is a lot of fish. I don't know very many people, even the best fishermen I know, who catch 153 fish uh, even after a night of fishing. And if they do, there's limits. They usually have to throw some of them back. But they had 153 fish. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. But they didn't dare to ask him who he was. I mean, it's, it, well, in any case, Jesus came, took the bread, gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Now, that's the fish and chips part. Only there's probably not chips. You know, uh, but I just, 
I've been watching over the pandemic a lot of British television, and apparently in Britain, that is like the go-to meal. Let's grab some fish and chips, fish and chips, fish and chips. Essentially, fish and french fries. I, I, I mean, or fried potatoes of some kind. Uh, that is fish and chips, uh, I have learned. And it seemed to me that's the same thing. Jesus said, let's grab some fish and chips. Only he cooked it for them and gave them bread. We can, whatever, and they ate it. Now, this all seems well and good. This seems back, going back to the same pattern when Jesus was still with them. Now, here's the twist. After this appearance, uh, uh, when they had finished breakfast, picking up with verse 15, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said it to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. As I listen to this gospel story, I hear folks, disciples, who had walked with Jesus, who knew the patterns of their life before Jesus, who knew the patterns of life with a physical presence of Jesus, had no idea what was next. And we get the picture from Jesus what it is. If we were in the theater and they had handed us out programs in advance and yet one of the characters was going to be played by someone else, they would announce to us, the role of so-and-so will be played by X today. I think that this quotation here would be, the role of Christ will be played by you. From now on, the role of Christ will be played by you. You will be the body of Christ. Each one of you will reflect the glory of Christ wherever you are. Stop looking at me and waiting for me to show up and tell you what to do. Instead, be the person I've shown you you can be. Be the Christ that other people need to encounter in their daily lives. Be that one. The role of Christ will be played by James today, and Megan, and Mark, and Joy, and this James maybe, and perhaps by all of you. That's the thing. We would so like to fall back to the patterns that we've always known. But what if, what, what if it is that what Jesus really wants for you, and for me, is that instead of falling back into the old patterns, you know, whatever that pattern is for you, that you start stepping up, that you start feeding the sheep, that you start tending the lambs, all the things that Jesus did as the good shepherd, he wants you to do it. He doesn't want, and he wants me to do it too. But he wants us all to do it together. So it's going to look different than when Jesus was walking the earth 
speaking to the disciples and showing an example of what it was like. And how's it going to be different? We're going to always be referring to the example of Christ, but we're also going to be trusting that the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that resides in each of us, will be leading us to be Christ now. To be Christ now. We can't be the same old church we were prior to the pandemic. Fifteen months ago, you couldn't have told me that we would have a year without worship at St. James unless we decided to close and it was over. We decided St. James wasn't working on the West End. It's done. That's the only way I could imagine that we would have a year without in-person worship in this building. And I know I get emails more and more these days from people who are tired of in-person worship. When are we going to get back together? When am I going to get to have communion out of your hand, James? Well, most of you know, you don't ever get communion from my hand. <laughs> Somebody else serves it. <laughs> um, but when are we going to do that? I don't know when we are. And when we do, it's probably going to look different. In the beginning, unless something radically changes, you're going to have to wear masks. And if you're inside with us, you're not going to be allowed to sing. At least right now, as, as far as the rules go, you're going to just have to listen to someone else sing. And if I preach and I'm closer to you than 25 feet, I'm going to have to wear a mask if I'm inside. And so will James and Megan if you're inside. And you're inside. These are things... Now, you're like, oh, but that's not worship, James. Oh, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't this online thing we've been doing? Have you been praising a different God? Is it the God of your computer screen or your television screen or your iPhone? Or is it God who happens to be communicating a worship experience through a technological device? Do you know when the church originally came up with organs, no one would have one because they thought it was blasphemous to do anything but sing without accompaniment. Blasphemous. It took years for people to adapt to the idea of having a church organ. Oh my goodness, I remember in the 80s, the first time I went, yes, I was around in the 80s, the first time I went to a worship service that was led with guitars. Now, when I was in youth group in high school, we had guitars that played songs, but that was never really worship. That was just singing cool youth group songs. Guess what? It really was worship. We just didn't call it worship in those days. In the 80s, I went to a, a worship experience that was led by a band, a rock band. Oh my gosh! Talk about Satan's music. It wasn't Satan's music, as if there is such a thing. It was beautiful music sung to the glory of God just without an organ or a piano, with guitars and drums. And yes, it hurt my ears a little bit because I was like, I'm used to that subdued organ thing going on. What's this all about? But the truth is, what music, what worship has looked like has always been evolving for the last 2,000 years. If you think that worship today looks like it looked like right after Jesus' resurrection, 
you have a thing coming to you. They met in people's homes. So during the pandemic, have you been inviting people over to your house to watch worship with you on Sunday morning and talking about it when I say something provocative, as I often am want to do? Or have you been confessing to each other like I did to you this morning when we were listening to the first song and the first song to me, with all my heart, I love you, God. I don't. Not yet. I'm working on it. And I'm trusting that God's love will bring me to a place I can get there. But when I declare that, I'm not really declaring a truth that is yet true for me. It's a confession. It's more like, with all my heart, I want to love you, God. Now, that's not a denigration of the song. That, that what it is, is it's an invitation to recognize that oftentimes what I intend when I preach comes back to me as a whole other form. Someone will tell me, James, I really appreciate that message you gave about X. What message I gave about X? And then they'll elaborate on a sermon I can clearly remember giving. Only it wasn't about X. <laughs> At least when I, from my side. Now, how they received it is the way the Spirit needed them to hear it, apparently. Differently. This is all a way of saying is we can't go back to old patterns just the way they were. No matter how much comfort they may give us, we have to find new ways, new patterns to be Christ in this world. Now, I suspect in all truth that all of you out there in streaming land have been being Christ for the last year plus some, even when you didn't gather in this space. You were doing it in ways you didn't even imagine you were doing it. Did you pray at all in the last year? Because if you did, you were being Christ in the world. Did you donate to any local food pantry, ours or someone else's? If you did, you were being Christ in the world. Did you listen to a friend who was struggling about this whole stay-at-home thing that was driving them over the edge? Did you commiserate with them? Did you uh, figuratively hold their hand? Because if you did, you were taking up the mantle of Christ. You see, Jesus wants us to stop playing the roles of letting someone else call the shots for us. Waiting, waiting, waiting sometimes. I think what Jesus wants us to see is that we are meant to play the role of Christ in this world. Otherwise, Paul would never have called us the body of Christ. You are meant to love the world with the same intensity that God did. You are, meant, uh, you, you are meant to love God with the same intensity that Jesus did. That is our call in this world. You know, when we finally get back together and tell our stories of being locked up in our homes somewhere, uh, you know, where our greatest travel was, uh, hold on, I'm headed to the living room now. Uh, I'm in transit. 
when we tell our stories about this, will we have seen what Christ did during that time? Do you know, over 100 families here on the West End of Alexandria have eaten because you were Christ to them through the West End Food Pantry. Do you know that because of this ministry, people across the United States can watch and worship with us wherever they are? That for some people who might no longer be watching us, and that's okay, but some people, it was an opportunity to come home. This might have been, St. James might have been their first church, their first love, their first place that they met Jesus. And now they've moved on. They're somewhere else in the country. They can't pop in on us. And it is a long commute from Washington State. I know that. Um, but they can turn on their uh, Facebook feed or their YouTube live feed or the website feed and connect with that worshiping community. You see, I don't know what it's gonna look like on the far side, but I know Christ is in it. And I know that each one of you is gonna be invited to play the role of Christ. And it may not look the same way it did before, but it'll look the way that God needs it to look if we trust that we're invited by Jesus, as was Simon Peter, to tend the sheep, feed the sheep, to love with abandon. We're not there yet, but with the help of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, after the model of Jesus, we will be one step at a time. Fish and chips. You can't go back to the old way, Jesus says to the disciples. I have a new way for you. You will play the role of Christ. Are you up for it? Are you up for it? Because I think that's what Christ Jesus is asking of us today.